morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We've got Thursday night football later on tonight, so we're going to preview that game, as well as running down some of the most recent news. We've got some Aaron Rodgers, we've got some news on the Patriots, we've got some stats as well that we'll talk about. So, without further ado, why don't we go ahead, sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. All right. How is it going, everyone? Good morning. Welcome into the chat, Jess, Dakota. Those of you tuned in on Instagram, always good to see you bright and early. I guess not super early, but bright. It's the morning. I want to say, guys, I want to say I might have fixed my camera issue. Well, no, I'm looking at myself. While you're watching, just let me know if it ever goes off, but I'm trying a new a new software. Open OBS is the one I've kind of been having issues with on the YouTube side of things with, with some lag. Uh this time I'm trying a, a different program. It looks looks a little bit it looks a little bit better. So anyway. Anyway, let's talk about some news. We'll start things off. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, one of my favorite players of all time, really. You know, just I love a deep threat. Those are just one of my types. And Deshaun Jackson, he is retiring. So I just wanted to Give a quick little applause for Deshaun Jackson. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Good for him. He finishes his career with 11,263 yards and will finish, you know, leading the NFL in long touchdown passes. He leads the NFL in history with 60-plus yard touchdown reception. So Deshaun Jackson, one of the best to ever do it in terms of deep threats and really just in terms of a flashy wide receiver. He was really fun to watch, and he is hanging up the cleats. One cool thing to note about this is that Deshaun Jackson will be signing a ceremonial contract with the Eagles on Friday so he can retire as a Philadelphia Eagle. I think that's really cool. I'm a big fan of those contracts. I like when players can go sign, you know, just a, just a quick little contract with the team, be able to retire on that team that was a big part of their career. I think that that's a really cool move that a lot of organizations have started doing over the last few years, and I'm glad that Deshaun Jackson will get that treatment. So just one last time. Let's give it up for Deshaun Jackson, everyone. Let's give it up for him as he hangs up the cleats on what was a fantastic career for Deshaun Jackson. Some news that is actually relevant to the game today is Aaron Rodgers. We've been talking about for a few weeks now that he expects to return. He has now had his practice window opened up, so he has 21 days to be activated off of IR or to be placed on season-ending IR. I guarantee right here, right now, on the wake and take, ladies and gentlemen, that they will take basically all 21 days. He's not returning this week. He's not returning next week. They're going to take as long as possible to decide if they want to activate him or not. Um, I'm going to assume if they're out of the playoff hunt, they're not going to activate him. And again, I really just do feel like that Aaron Rodgers is doing a lot of this for, for show. I think that Aaron Rodgers is hyping up the media. And then the second the Jets are out of the playoff contention, he's just going to be like, no, I'm not coming back. I would have, though. I would have. I promise I would have been the first person to return, to return off of an Achilles inside the same season. But because we're out of the playoffs, I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, we're, we'll see. We'll see. That is just that just to me, when I, when I think about that, that is just the most Aaron Rodgers scenario possible with this. But if you do believe that Aaron Rodgers will will return, I don't I just I don't I don't buy it. I really don't. But if you do believe that, then we're talking about all the Jets offensive players getting a boost. So if you want to go ahead and buy Garrett Wilson, if you want to go ahead and try to pay up for Brees Hall, this would be the time to do it before he's fully activated. The only thing here is that, of course, now people are a bit wiser to it. They, they see this open practice window. 
Uh, and so, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably hit the block in a lot of leagues yesterday. I would say don't pay up for Aaron Rodgers. The risk for the skill players, though, is probably a bit more worth it because at the end of the day, their value isn't going to go up or down. Really. Well, it'll go up if Aaron Rodgers comes back, but not really down if he doesn't return. I mean, they're already pretty much rock bottom in terms of their respective markets. So Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, if you want to get those guys, I don't blame you, just in case Aaron Rodgers does actually return. The Patriots are having a bit of a quarterback dilemma right now. Uh, Mac Jones has been terrible this season. Uh, to put it in perspective, he has only 2,120 yards through uh, 12 weeks now. 64.9% completion percentage. That's actually not that bad, but only 10 passing touchdowns and compounded with 12 interceptions. That's a very, very disappointing season. And uh, honestly, he's been a really big part of this Patriots offense looking as bad as it has. Uh, and it is looking like he has lost the starting job. Bailey Zappi is reportedly the starter this week. That's per Bailey Zappi. Uh, well, kind of, he hinted at it. And then also just some practice reps that were going on in the Patriots camp. Mac Jones did not take any quarterback reps in the open practice to media. It was only Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham taking the snaps uh, for the closed practice. Reportedly, Bailey Zappi took most, if not all, of the quarterback snaps during the closed portion of practice. So look for Bailey Zappi to be the starter on Sunday. Well, this season, Bailey Zappi has not been good uh, in his relief when he has come in, but he has been much better as a starting quarterback when he's actually planned and studied to be the starter, he's done a bit better. As a starter, he completes 74.5% of his passes, has three touchdowns, only one interception, and 112.5 passer rating. In his other appearances, all of his you know combined stats when he's just coming in on relief, 56.5% of his passes, so 20% less completion percentage, uh, two touchdowns, and four interceptions with a 60.3 passer rating. So you're talking about a guy who's basically half as good when he comes in on relief than he is when he's a starter. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say that Bailey Zappi is going to look as good as he did last year. I think that's going to be really hard to expect. I know that he looked good last year, which was really surprising. But this Patriots offense is just in complete disarray. And I really don't think it's just the quarterback. I, I really do think that there's a lot of issues going on here. I mean, when Juju Smith-Schuster's your probably best wide receiver, that's a really big problem. Uh, and he's not even getting the ball. I mean, it's still all going to Demario Douglas and the tight ends. I don't really think that's going to change. I don't know if it's Bill O'Brien. I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if it's Bill Belichick. But either way, this Patriots offense looks terrible right now. And we're going to have a new quarterback. And it'll be fun to see what Bailey Zappi can do actually game planning to be the starter. I want to say, real quick, I do think the Patriots would be best served if they just brought in Tom Brady. I feel like if you just sign Tom Brady for the last few weeks of the season, you can kind of test everything. And it's a guy that Robert Kraft, you know, trusts a lot. So if they bring back Tom Brady, you know, we could see how he plays. If he sucks, then you're like, okay, it's not a quarterback problem. If he is good, you know, it's a quarterback problem. Uh, but I feel like he would be kind of the perfect one to trust in this kind of scenario to just sign him to a little bit of a contract, see what he can do rest of season, and let him give Robert Kraft his advice on how he feels this team is looking, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the weapons, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's just the culture as a whole in New England. But either way, something is wrong here, and uh, only Tom Brady can save it. <laughs> the next news we have is that Joe Flacco is on track to start. Joe Flacco should be starting this week. Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, is in concussion protocol. It is not looking like he will be playing. Uh, Joe Flacco is second on the depth chart and has been taking first-team reps all week in practice. So Joe Flacco, looking like he'll get his first start as a Brown this year. Uh, nothing really to expect from it. I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. I would say maybe half a step up from DTR in terms of how this offense flows. I think that it could be at least a bit more methodical 
and just normal looking offense, a nice little balance between passing and running the ball as opposed to a lot more runs. Uh, but either way, I'm not expecting Joe Flacco to really be that good. Definitely not really worried about him in single quarterback leagues. And even in super flex leagues, I probably wouldn't start him this week I, I unless you are in a really big pinch. Uh, because, I mean, it, it, it's just it's hard to expect him to really do much at all uh, when he hasn't played in a while. And it's a new team just learning the playbook, just getting connected with the weapons, uh, all of that stuff. So Joe Flacco getting the start, but I don't know if I'm crazy excited about it. Next, we just have some stats for you. We'll run through them and then we'll preview Thursday night football. First off, believe it or not, Najee Harris is now tied for the lead in and, and rushes above 15 yards. So he has 11 rushes this season above 15 yards. He is now tied with Raheem Mostert and Christian McCaffrey. I find that pretty interesting given the narrative around Najee Harris is that he's a dead running back and he's not explosive. And yet he's leading the NFL in explosive runs. I am curious though. Like I know with Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert, a lot of their explosive runs are really long touchdowns. Whereas I feel like with Najee Harris, his 15 plus yard runs are 17 yard runs. Like I don't know how many of his... 15 plus yard runs are above 20 yards, for example. Uh, so, but either way, he's being more explosive than people are you know, letting on when it comes to Najee Harris. You know, a lot of the, the Jalen Warren hype is building up and surrounding him. But last week we had Najee Harris nearly have 100 rush yards. He had 99. He had a touchdown. Uh, he had one less touch than Jalen Warren, but was much more effective. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Steelers offense might be going back to Najee Harris without Matt Canada. And if he is more explosive than, you know, this, than, than a lot of things would suggest, then, you know, he really might not be that bad going forward. I know last season with Najee Harris, he was really bad up until like week 13 and then just really caught on fire towards the end of the season and helped a lot of playoff pushes for some teams. So look to get Najee Harris maybe for cheap as, again, this stat suggests he's a bit more explosive than everyone is letting on. The next one, Cooper Cup. What is going on with Cooper Cup? Where is, there he is. Cooper Cup, uh, this is per Matt Harmon on Twitter. Love this stat. Uh, many factors at play regarding Cooper Cup's recent statistical slump, but this is a big one. Here's the percentage of Cooper Cup's targets to come on designed plays. Matt Harmon got this stat from Fantasy Points Data. In 2021, uh, 12% of Cooper Cup's targets came on designed plays just for Cooper Cup. In 2022, 24% of his targets came on designed plays. And this season, Cooper Cup is only being targeted on 4% of his designed play. So Cooper Cup is just not, you know, being force-fed. He's not given his own little plays just for Cooper Cup to succeed. And in fact, since week five, Pukunakula has a 19% uh, target share on designed plays for him. So Pukunakula is actually the one getting the Cooper Cup utilization in this Rams offense right now. It is not Cup. And that is a big part of why he's not getting those fantasy points, not getting a ton of receptions, is he's not really being schemed to be open like he had in the past. And finally, the last stat, this is one I'm kind of proud of myself for with Tony Pollard. You know, we, again, he fractured his leg in January, and yet a lot of people were still pegging him as a first-round draft pick. I was not there. I felt that we had to expect some sort of slowness with him, given the injury, uh, and given the Cowboys' offense as a whole was changing without their offensive coordinator. But... After uh, the uh, before or over the last four weeks, Tony Pollard has produced a run of 10 or more yards on 13% of his carries, which is really, really good. 13.5% is really, really good. Before that, all season before the last four weeks, he was only doing that on a 6% basis. So his, again, kind of doubled his efficiency over the last four weeks. I think that we can finally say that Tony Pollard is healthy and the Tony Pollard that he was drafted to be. So if you could still get him at a discounted price, I'm doing it. 
that's all the news and stats I have for you guys. I'm going to play a quick little ad break, and then we're going to talk about Thursday night football. Let's hear from our friends over. Actually, not our friends. Let's hear about the DFS Dominator. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? Then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45. A year, not not a week, a, a year, a year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. All right, guys, go get that DFS Dominator and get the all-in package for $10 off with promo code Jason. You can get all of the Player Profiler tools to help you win your leagues and some DFS stuff as well uh, in regards to that DFS Dominator. Fantastic tool over at playerprofiler.com. Our Thursday night football game this week is the Seahawks-Cowboys. It is in Dallas. The Cowboys are nine-point favorites, and they're expecting 47.5 points to be scored. With this game, I am going to say that the Cowboys can cover this. Uh, I think that they could easily win by 10 or more. The Seahawks have not really looked that good, and the Cowboys have have been playing unbelievable football the last few weeks. So I'm going to give the Cowboys covering that nine-point spread, and I'm going to take the over of the 47.5. I think that the Cowboys could easily put up 30 tonight. And then that in that case, the Seahawks only have to score 17 to 18 to, to cover that over. I think they'll do it. And I think, you know, 70% of that total is going to come from the Cowboys. Some things to note, the Cowboys are uh, a lot, are seventh against quarterbacks, fourth against wide receivers, third against running backs and 15th against tight ends. So if the Seahawks want to find any room for some sort of openness, it's going to come from their tight end room which is not really that good. Noah Fant, Will Disley, Colby Parkinson, really none of them have flashed at all this season. So I just think the Seahawks are going to have a very terrible time. I did want to say this. I do feel a Tyler Lockett game. This is a gut feeling, a total gut feeling, no no stats or anything to back it up. I just feel like this is a Tyler Lockett game. He's been quiet for a couple weeks now, and I feel like he just shows up when the lights are the brightest. So I'm, I'm feeling a Tyler Lockett game tonight against these Cowboys. I think that's where the Seahawks are going to find an edge. And uh, on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks are 18th against quarterbacks, 29th against running backs, 19th against wide receivers, and 11th against tight ends. So basically, they're middle of the pack or worse against every single position, meaning it's really not that good of a defense, and the Cowboys should have their way with it. We just finished talking about Tony Pollard. I'm feeling a Tony Pollard game in this one. As I said, 29th against running backs for the Seahawks, allowing the fourth most points to running backs in fantasy football. I think since we've seen Tony Pollard kind of steadily increase his usage the past couple of weeks or efficiency, I guess I should say, I think that he's finally going to pop off against the Seahawks team, whether it be running out the clock because the Cowboys got so far ahead or that he's the one that got the Cowboys so far ahead because I think that he could have a good game this week against the Seahawks. So again, taking the Cowboys to win, taking the total, even taking the Cowboys to cover that nine point spread. I feel like for the Seahawks, if they want to succeed, it's going to come down to Tyler Lockett and the Cowboys. I'm feeling a good Tony 
Pollard game. Just real quick, here's underdog. Here's my underdog ticket. I'm taking Metcalf over 59 and a half receiving yards. CD Lamb over 84 and a half receiving yards. Tyler Lockett, I'm going with an anytime touchdown. And Tony Pollard, I'm also going with an anytime touchdown. Uh, I like this a lot. The Tyler Lockett anytime touchdown uh, is a two times little spicy pepper guy. So instead of this being worth um, 10 times, this was actually worth uh, 20 times, uh, 20 times. So it was $5 for a hundred bucks. Hopefully I win it guys. Everyone manifests that I win this pick them tonight. It's been a tough parlay year for me, uh, but I, I like this one. I like this one. And finally, my DFS lineup, not too comfortable with it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wanted to get a little wacky with it. I put the Cowboys defense as my captain into the showdown captain mode tonight. And then I just wanted to fit CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard. I wanted to stuff those guys into the lineup. And then, of course, like I said, I'm feeling Tyler Lockett game. So he's my one Seahawk here. And I round it out with Luke Schoonmaker, who sometimes randomly scores a touchdown. I Like I said, I feel like if this game is going to get out of hand, we could maybe see some backups come in. And Luke Schoonmaker has been one tight end, who's at least getting two targets a game. And sometimes that's a touchdown. So eh, I just figured I'd throw him in there and see what happens. So that is everything I have for you guys today. Let's go ahead and check out some questions in the chat. Let's get CD over 100 yards tonight. I'm with you. Let's do it. Dakota is glad Deshaun Jackson retired as an Eagle. Yes, me too. So much fun. So awesome. Let's see. Watch Patrick Taylor, a league winner, just like Ryan Grant was back in the day. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't mind it. You know, I like these deep random stashes that could somehow turn into something. But I don't know if, you know, the Packers run the ball enough and they haven't really been running the ball well to, to another degree. So I, I'm, I don't know about league winner, but he could definitely, you know, have something happen. Let's see. No other questions. No other questions on the YouTube side of thing. I see some stuff over here on Instagram and TikTok. Would you start Devon Achan, Zach Charbonnet, or Zach Moss? Give me Achan and Moss. Would you start Achan, Eckler, Gibbs, uh, White? You need to pick three bench you could probably just uh, i don't want to bench a chan but that's probably the answer here given the rest of your starters need to be started and you can just rely on the health of those guys and just expect you know just wait to see what happens with a chan although i hate to mention i hate to mention um cool that is all the questions oh start higgins or elijah moore give me higgins I hate saying that. And then Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, or Madre Stevenson, bench Calvin Ridley. You, you wanted two of them. All right. Let's go ahead and sign off for this evening. Thanks again for tuning in. This was another great episode of The Wake and Take, and you guys were a fantastic audience yet again. I hope to see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, as we break down the games and what to expect in week 13. Have a Terrific Thursday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.